0: Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlan, And this is New Tricks for Old Dogs. Our podcast features the many ways us older men and women howl at the moon, odd news items you don't normally hear about, and conversations with other old dogs who are growing
1: bolder, not older. So if you've got 25 minutes or so, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In this episode, the old dogs
0: depart from their usual pointless ramble to offer an equally pointless quiz about obsolete occupations. We caution patients to avoid appointments with doctors who have court appearances on the same day. We read some more glowing fan mail. We suggest you avoid the first wave of colonists to Mars. We introduce you to a new feature on the podcast and we present the current top 10 list of scammers who target seniors. The Old Dog's Conversation is with Doris Lance, a lady whose passion for hiking knows no bounds. Get it? Stay with us.
1: In place of our normal ramble, where Jim and I ramble about odd topics, I'm going to do a little quiz on obsolete job titles. This is drawn from the Word Genius website, which was posted December 4th, 2020. And the person I'm quizzing is our own obsolete guy, Jim. <laughs> Thank right. you, Paul. Are you ready? Oh, no. He is in a soundproof booth right now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. What is an arc right? An arkwright?
0: Um, now, you know the root right. Yes, yes, of course. It's a, a person who fabricates something. I would say that an arc right is someone who... Um, Teaches seals how to bark.
1: <laughs> not even close. Uh, he builds arcs. Now, not not of the biblical variety, but yeah. wooden chests for storage, which oh. are called arcs. Well, hey. here's another one you won't know. What is a redsmith?
0: A redsmith. Oh, I think that he was an announcer for
1: the Atlanta Braves. What well, close? Redsmith. Red <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, no, a redsmith is somebody who works with something that's red. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a redsmith works with copper. Ah, uh, All right, here's a good one. Okay. Here's a fun one. What is a knock-nobbler? <laughs> this is
0: serious, Jim. Okay, well, I know a couple of other expressions that are probably uh, synonyms for that, but I can't actually say them in a family Context. Ah,
1: well, uh, this it, is it, someone it, this that knocks, is the, knocks nobblers. Knocks it,
0: nobbles and in the privacy of their own home.
1: All right. This quirky name was given to Elizabethan-era workers tasked with chasing unruly dogs and children out of churches. Really, Jim? That's an easy one. <laughs> How did I miss that one? I don't know. Here's your next one. Um, all right. What is an ewer-er?
0: You were? Ewer-er? ewer oh, Okay. Well, I know that a ewer is a kind of pitcher. Uh, and it's possible then, that, that this is a person who would pour things out of a ewer for somebody's consumption. Eh.
1: Uh, no. All right. They are tasked with gathering hot water for bathing. Huh. You were close. You were. No cigar. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's one. This will be a slow pitch. What is a Chandler? Well, Paul, uh, it, I'm embarrassed to admit
0: that I know the, the name Chandler, but I th- I think it's a a person who provisions ships with, with – uh, provides so, provisions for ships.
1: So much for slow pitch. It's a candle maker. <laughs> a candle maker. Or, or one of the principals and friends. Either one. <laughs> All right. We got one more here, and this this should be easy. All right. What is a necessary woman? Oh,
0: there's so many ways you
1: could go with that. Yeah, very
0: dangerous ways that I could go with that. A necessary women. Okay, since they used to call the toilet the necessary, I'm going to say that this is an attendant in the restroom that gives you towels and stuff.
1: Uh, Sort of close. Necessary women emptied the chamber pots in a royal palace. okay. Yeah, on the, on the upside, this job paid more than most other positions in the household, as it no should, yeah. <laughs> didn't you think? Yeah. All right, Jim, <laughs> as as I got my score here, you uh, <laughs> you should not deal with obsolete job titles. I'm old forever. Uh, yes. The next time you have an operation, make sure your doctor doesn't have a court appearance on the same day. And at the same time, this pod nugget is from Sky News for February 28th, 2021. Dr. Scott Green, a California plastic surgeon.
0: Is there any other kind, Paul? Had a court appearance on Zoom regarding a traffic violation. The doctor appeared on camera wearing PPE in the middle of an operation. In the background, you could hear the beeps and blips of operating room machinery.
1: A courtroom clerk was justifiably concerned. (laughs) He asked if the doctor was available to testify since he appeared to be in an operating room. The doctor confirmed he was in the middle of an operation but urged the court to proceed. Yeah. When the
0: judge entered the chamber and saw the doctor on camera dressed for surgery, he was reluctant to start the proceedings. The doctor replied, I have another surgeon right here who is doing the surgery with me, so I can stand here and allow them to do the surgery.
1: The judge wisely decided to postpone the hearing, not wanting the traffic citation to escalate into a malpractice (laughs) suit. The doctor apologized for the inconvenience, but, you know, the operation continued after he left the Zoom meeting.
0: What was he thinking comes to mind, as it did for the Medical Board of California, who is looking into the incident.
1: Okay, they're looking into the incident. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like he's getting off.
0: This is another installment of fan email from our listeners. If you have a rant or a rave you would like to share with us, go to our website, Let's Old keep Dogs... raves.
1: Let's just get raves. No rants. Raves? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, let me amend that. If you have a rave you would like to share with us, go to our website, olddogspodcast.com. Just scroll down on the homepage for how to contact us.
1: This rave is from Don P., If you're of a certain age, you'll enjoy the podcast's relaxed format and folksy charm. Hear about the remarkable, exciting new challenges some boomers are taking on. You may be inspired. Thanks,
0: Don. We are likewise inspired by the boomers that we feature in an extended conversation each episode. They've found new challenges that have added a special sauce to their senior years.
1: As for our relaxed manner and folksy charm... We owe it all to horse tranquilizers <laughs> yep. prescribed by a friendly veterinarian. <laughs> the only downside is we frequently break into a trot when we take a neighborhood walk. By now, it seems inevitable that we will someday colonize Mars. But there are some folks who aren't sure it's a good idea. This pod nugget is from the TheAtlantic.com, dated February 26, 2021.
0: Okay, here's a frank disclaimer. We old dogs are big fans of NASA and space exploration. We like the idea of leading the world in space research and accomplishment as we did in the 60s. Hopefully increased space spending will give us the next generation of Velcro, memory foam, and tang.
1: Ah, but the Atlantic writer Shannon Sterone offered a different view of the effort to build a colony on Mars. She begins with the obvious observation that Mars is not Earth. It is, in fact, a hellhole unsuitable for human habitation.
0: Mars has a thin atmosphere and no magnetic field, which can protect the surface from radiation and cosmic rays. It has no breathable air, and the average surface temperature is 80 degrees below zero. So a colony of Earthlings would have to build tunnels and live underground, which sounds more like a habit trail than a habitat.
1: The author grants that visiting Mars as a proof of technology has merit. Overcoming the challenges of traveling there and exploring the planet would undoubtedly lead to increased scientific knowledge. Her issue is with the effort to establish a permanent colony there on Mars.
0: Okay, whether fairly or not, she blames Elon Musk for the push to colonize. Oh, he can take it. Ha! His company, SpaceX, is developing a prototype vehicle called Starship. That's imaginative. That could make a trip to Mars possible. Whether we end up colonizing or just visiting Mars, it is appropriate that we question the purpose and expense of the trip. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Paul. I think there are a few people I would like to nominate for colonizing Mars.
1: <laughs> regardless yeah, we can, we of can, the, we can fill that spaceship up a couple of times, couldn't we? <laughs>
0: Episodes 52 and 53 of this podcast featured a two-part conversation with Kathleen O'Brien, a Denver-based author, blogger, and authority on aging. The conversation was so thoughtful and engaging that we talked Kathleen into being a regular feature on our podcast.
1: Starting with episode 56, Kathleen will be featured once a month with her take on different aspects of aging. We're very excited about what she'll be offering our listeners as our chief aging officer. As Kathleen puts it, you're only old once.
0: If you'd like to know more about Kathleen, her book, Reclaim Your Right to Grow Old, is now available on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and through Outskirts Press.
1: Or you can access her blog at her website, www.growoldbehappy.com. Scammers love to target folks our age, so as a public service, we present the Scammers' Top 10 List. This pod nugget is from the Houston Chronicle for March 18, 2021.
0: Scam number 10. Stealing from the grieving. The surviving spouse is told the deceased had an outstanding debt. They may even show up at the door with a pay-on-delivery package. They easily find victims by browsing obituary listings.
1: Scam number 9. Unneeded repairs. Scammers go door-to-door in a neighborhood pointing out needed repairs. They demand payment up front and either disappear or provide shoddy work. Scam number eight,
0: bank fraud prevention. Claiming to be calling from a bank fraud prevention department, they try to obtain credit card or other personal information.
1: Scam number seven, go fishing. You may get a fraudulent email that seems to be from a friend. If there is an attachment, it could download a virus to your computer. Don't do it. Delete it.
0: Scam number six. Fake sweetheart or relative. Romance scammers contact victims on dating websites or social media.
1: Yeah, I have a problem with that.
0: (laughs) They will charm their way into asking for money, usually for an emergency.
1: Scam number five. Fake government agencies. Scammers may say they are calling from the Social Security Administration claiming that your number is suspended or revoked in order to pry out some personal information. Additionally, you may see ads for free Medicare covered braces or equipment that never arrive once you've paid.
0: Scam number four Tech Support. You get a call or a pop up from a seemingly reputable tech company about a problem with your computer. If you give them access to your hard drive, they can solve the problem. Oh, yeah.
1: Scam number three, the grandchild hook. Now, this is an old one. Your grandchild calls asking for money for rent or food or other expenses. The new twist is the misfortune is due to COVID-19.
0: Scam number two, robocalls. In 2020, 60% of mobile calls were fraudulent. They're trying to confirm it's a working number. Just hang up.
1: And scam number one, COVID-19 related. The pandemic has unleashed the creativity of scammers through posts, calls, emails, or texts. This could involve bogus medication, early vaccine access, Medicare offerings, or insurance claims. In most cases, they're just trying to obtain access to your banking or your Social Security or Medicare number.
0: Be on the lookout for these and similar scams during the coming year. These lowlifes can be good at gaining your trust. As a rule, don't give out any personal or financial information over the phone.
1: Yeah, good advice.
0: Doris Lance has had a lifelong passion for the outdoors. The sights, sounds, and smells she relishes while hiking have led her to places all over the world and to a book that even your grandkids will love.
1: Tell us about growing up in North Carolina and how that led to your love of
2: nature. Uh, wow, well, I could talk forever on that one, but...
0: Please do. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, you don't want me to talk forever, but <laughs> it was quite the experience. Growing up in Western North Carolina, if you've been to the area, it's filled with nature. The rainfall there is... Usually abundant, and that means that there's going to be plenty of plants and trees and mountains and the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway, which is just mind blowing. Waterfalls. I grew up in a county that's called Transylvania County, and it's called the Land of the Waterfalls. Hmm. Growing up on Sunday afternoons, it's usually a, it was usually a family adventure we would go on a hike or we would be outdoors always outdoors and by being exposed and not being afraid i think i was taught this is how you adventure this is how you go out this is how you explore this is how you discover there are you know snakes and there are bears and but you learn respect for them
1: so you went to college In a nearby college, right?
2: I did. I stayed in the area. You're absolutely right. I went to Western Carolina University. And after I graduated was when, I guess, my adventuresome spirit kicked in. I started traveling, but within the United States, but still looking for mountains to explore, looking for trails, looking for parks when I'd go to a city. In the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years traveling internationally to Mount Fujisan in Japan to Patagonia in Chile.
0: When you travel, you travel on foot a good part of the time. Is that right?
2: Absolutely right. I started in 1999. I went cave exploring in Thailand, and that just gave me this boldness to go everywhere now do your homework yes find out what's there find out what shots I need find out how to navigate when there's no trains and you do it on foot
1: and how did you do all this planning what was your resource
2: I tried to read every book like Lonely Planet is an excellent resource um aarp has some really good resources and then i just get on the web and google uh how to hike machu picchu or where to stay or uh, what do i need to do what kind of training you know because you you can't go to high elevations and enjoy it without doing some training especially well, as
1: we age. I did Machu Picchu, not the trail, but I did go up to Machu Picchu. It's awesome. It is really awesome. Uh, for our listeners, considering that you know they are older, can you recommend some trails in the United States that would be enjoyable to walk?
2: I have really thought about people I've met um, who've asked me about my book? Where did you get these flower drawings from? And I, I would say the hikes, and they'd say, Oh, I'm you know I'm too old to hike, or I'm not fit enough to hike. And I said, Well, I'm 77 years old, and you start where you can. You start in your neighborhood. You start with a mile, and if that's too much then you take it down and you do that for two weeks and you build up and it's amazing how our body will adjust to doing one mile and then maybe six months, do two miles. And um, you have to do it to your own fitness level. I think what you do is look for city parks and usually most city parks have some walking trails. I call it recreational hiking. Because you may not be going higher elevations and big gains, but you're moving because I have a saying, motion is lotion for the body.
0: <laughs> in fact, you have a special term for people who you want to make the distinction between hiking and the kind of walking that you're describing now. I think you call it nature bathing. Is that right?
2: Well, there, there's a new technique that I think originated in Japan. And it was called forest bathing. And this is not bathing for the body necessarily. It's more bathing for the soul. But it is going out in nature in a park um, and just sitting down and letting the senses bathe. Just letting your senses get saturated with the sounds or the smells. Is there flowers? What kind of things are you smelling, seeing, um, hearing? And it just gives you a calm. I think it helps with emotional healing. Mm.
1: Well, before we turn a bunch of seniors loose on nature, (laughs) can you suggest uh, some basic equipment you should take with you when you're hiking?
2: Very good idea. Yes number one, absolutely number one, people have the right shoes. I did the rim to the rim of the Grand Canyon. And there was a young girl and her father and she had on flip flops. And of course, they didn't make it. They didn't make it down. So I would say excellent shoes and always take more water than you think you'll need. Because you really need to be comfortable if you're going to enjoy it, and you need to stay hydrated. Water, good shoes, and layered clothing are the top three. As I have gotten older, that I have included is a hiking stick. Not necessarily sometimes that I need it uh, for the exertion, but just for protection or for like parting the weeds or raking something around.
0: Okay, you mentioned a book. Tell us about that book.
2: Oh, yeah, Botanical Reflections. My book was and is a combination of, I've got a quote in there. Well, I've got one from Mother Teresa, which I love, Mahatma Gandhi, um, the Dalai Lama, uh, the book of Proverbs in the Bible. And I have a question that goes along with that inspirational quote. Uh, one of the questions is, what has brought a smile to your face today? And then I have a black and white drawing. It's a sketch that I did that you can take and use pencils, crayons, watercolors. You can paint it any way you want and have a creative side come out. So it's kind of like an activity book.
1: And so how can people get it?
2: They can get it by going to Amazon.com or I have a website, which is Wildflower Inspirations with an S dot com. It's a good avenue just to do some self-care.
0: What a lovely idea. So you say you can color these black and white drawings, right?
2: Yes. And one of the goals that I had, Jim, was to maybe do an activity with a grandchild because all of us have a little bit of creativity.
1: You're also involved with storytellers. You probably tell a few stories and you listen to a few stories. What makes a good story?
2: <laughs> there's some characters like in Death Valley when I was hiking in Death Valley, which I go about three times a year. There's some old miners that still hang out up there and they got stories. Uh-huh. I want to tell you this one story about this um Guy that I, and, and the guy told me about this that I'm talking to you about. He said, Have you been to the old Russian cabin back in the late 1800s? I believe he said, there was a Russian and he lived in this cabin. And because he lived alone and tried to mine, he wrote his life story on all the walls of this cabin. And it's still standing today.
0: Well, I have a final question, Doris, and that is for you personally, what have you learned that you consider your most valuable lesson?
2: I think one of the valuable lessons is to try to tell others, like your listeners, that if they're over 50, they don't have to retire to a rocking chair or a wheelchair And if they do, because I've broken some bones doing some of these explorations, I have, I admit it. And what I've learned is that at 77 years of age, I hiked all the way down to have a Supai Canyon and back and did the rim to the rim of the Grand Canyon. Now, was I the fastest person? No, there were 20 and 30 year olds and 50 year olds faster. But that doesn't mean that I was robbed of the experience. So what I've learned in a nutshell is don't give up. I love that saying by Vince Lombardi, and I know I'm paraphrasing it, but life is a cinch by the inch. But by the yard, it's hard. (laughs) It means do a little, do a little, keep doing a little, keep moving, keep moving so that you can move and enjoy your family and travel and whatever you want to do, your crafts, uh, your workmanship, the rest of your life until your life is over.
0: Like what you've been hearing? How about sharing the joy with your friends? We can always use more listeners. There are more episodes on the way, so stay tuned and keep howling at the moon.